Standby film. Five, standby music. Four, standby now. Three, two, one. And fade up. Spider-Man, hero or menace? Dear Ndugu. Dobby the house elf. Who holds sway over the five points? I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. This is my family. There's a hole in this catch. You concur. I'm a bloody island. I'm bloody Ibiza. How about new? You crazy Dutch bastard. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of 20 Years Four Beers. We are a podcast dedicated to rewatching movies from two decades ago while simultaneously enjoying a minimum of four modern beers. My name is Steve, and this is my big brother, Tim. And we are coming to you live on tape from Minneapolis, Minnesota. In this episode, we are watching a possibly less than classic film, though we will see if that has changed, from a more than classic director. Our first Martin Scorsese film, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York takes place in Civil War era New York City, of all places, and centers around multiple rival gangs or groups who battle for control over a small area of New York City known as the Five Points. Who holds sway over the Five Points? The story centers on Amsterdam, <laughs> Amsterdam Valen. I know, it almost sounds made up. So dumb. A young man who returns to the Five Points to seek revenge on the man who killed his father, As with many or most Scorsese films, what follows is a dark portrayal of the American dream shown through the lenses of love, violence, and betrayal. The film is directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Stephen Zalian, Jay Cox, and Kenneth Lonergan, and stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Amsterdam, Daniel Day-Lewis as Bill the Butcher, Cameron Diaz, Jim Broadbent, John C. Riley, Liam Neeson, and Brendan Gleeson. By the ancient laws of combat, we are met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all. Who holds sway over the five points? Us natives born rightwise to this fine land, or the foreign hordes defiling it? Our first segment, then, as always, is Drinking Buddies. Come on, not my beer where we present the four beers we will be drinking while re-watching our subject film tim will be walking us through our four buddies unfortunately no strange brew i don't believe or do you No, i don't okay. have strange brew i didn't even look because i was lazy uh but lots of theme beers so take it away tim yes i'm very excited and i haven't told you about these beers ahead of time so you're yep. gonna just enjoy the ride Sit back and relax as we go along uh this movie is however two hours and 45 minutes long so I did have a fifth. You know the original cut was an hour longer? What? I know. How would you sit through that? <laughs> I know. Like, what are you, Peter Jackson? <laughs> Even Netflix is like, seriously. Yeah. Tone it down. Anyway. But uh, I do have a fifth in reserve that we can enjoy either Perfect. during or during the recording after. So I'm happy to say they are all theme beers. Yes. And we'll walk you through them. <laughs> so as you mentioned, one of the all-time classic characters... Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher. From Junkyard, Brewing Out of Moorhead. Sure. We've got Grandpa Bill's Pills. Okay. Dry hopped Pilsner style lager. All right. So we're going to enjoy that. Bill's Pills. Bill's Pills. Come back to that. (laughs) And then. That's what qualifies as rhyming in North Dakota. Bill's Pills. Bill's Pills. And then after that, uh, we've got, as uh, takes place a lot in this movie, is focusing on getting the vote out. Oh, yes. Also, a good reminder that it is a good time, if you haven't already, register to vote. Register, yeah. From 56 Brewing out of Minneapolis, their vote, Hazy IPA. Mm. <laughs> then we're going to move into New York, actually. Yeah, I was wondering. I assume you'd have a New York I beer do, a New York. Okay. And it's as close as I can get to being on brand for the locale that this takes place in. It's not the five points, but it is six point brewing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The resin double IPA out of Brooklyn. It's a good brewery. Yeah. Yeah, They have good stuff. We haven't had it. Sort of forgotten. 
one that we haven't had local option is um, a really good one, actually. A good solid option in the cities. Finnegan's Brewing from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. This movie has a lot of focus on different cultures, one of which is Irish. The Irish, yes. They're dead Irish poet. Sure. Stout. Very excited. Yeah. And then the fifth one, do you want me to tell you now or later? You can tell me now. That's oh. fine. If you really want to. We're <laughs> going to drink it. So. I'm really amazed about this. Um, it's from New York. So, yeah. again, on locale. And it actually has gang in the name of the brewery. What? Oh, my gang. Oh, my gang. Brewery. Oh, my God. De Rosetta. A sour ale aged on cherries with natural flavors. So yeah, this could theory be you know really be instead of gangs of New York, it's oh my gang from New York. Oh my gang. So those are our drinking buddies. I'm so excited. You're excited. Feel these um, nipples. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, our next segment then the deep side. is the social network. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Where we take a look back at the critical and fan reception from 20 years ago. Tim takes point on these. So hopefully. Oh, yes. We, uh, you know, it's not as long-winded as that last one was. But, you know, <laughs> here we go. Go ahead, Tim. All right. The IMDb rating is 7.5 out of 10. Stephen Hunter of the Washington Post said, It's as if director Scorsese preferred to concentrate on the production value rather than on the dramatic issues and the human beings who live them. Terry Lawson of the Detroit Free Press, uh, Danny Lewis is larger than life. Bill the Butcher is one of the great cinematic characters. And big man Rod, Roger Ebert had three and a half out of four stars. So the film rips up the postcards of American history and reassembles them into a violent, blood-soaked story of our bare-knuckled past. The result is a considerable achievement and a triumph for Scorsese. Yet I do not think this film is in the first rank of his masterpieces as he fails to overcome the story's weight and darkness. And that year it was up for 10 Academy Awards Mm -hmm. in sound, film editing, costume design, set direction, original song by U2, original screenplay, cinematography, actor, for Day Lewis and director, Scorsese, and picture, and it lost in all categories. Over ten, baby! Big swing and a miss. So that was the uh, social network. Very cool. Was that fast enough for you? Yeah, good. You're welcome. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> now we get to the part of our show where we take a break and rewatch our subject film. So as usual, we have a point of no return here. Full warning that spoilers will be coming ahead. So if you do not want to hear about the movie, go ahead and skip forward to our drinking buddies segment and come back after you've watched it so with that said please enjoy 2002's gangs of new york this is fresh meat what i mean we need to tenderize this meat a little bit all right let's kiss goodnight to that pretty young face of yours What'll it be then? Rib or chop? Loin or shank? Welcome back to 20 Years, 4 Beers, where we have just finished re-watching Gangs of New York and also have enjoyed, for the most part, five new beers that we will review in a segment coming up. Uh, However, as usual, we jump right into our reaction segment that we call Spotlight. They knew, and they let it happen. Where we highlight and discuss our top takeaways of any kind from re-watching the film. I'm actually going to do something different on this one. Cool. Uh, change it on the fly, believe it or not. So we're actually going to do uh, something we haven't done and start with a sub-segment, since I tend to think we're going to agree on this one. And we're going to go into a league of their own. There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! And discuss Daniel Day-Lewis. Let's just get, like... Because I just assume we're going to talk about him at some point, so we're just going to get this out of the way. Yep. I have notes on him. I promise you do. So let's just get the good out of the way first. Yep. Because we're going to have plenty of shit to throw at this movie. Yep. 
At least I will. Um, <laughs> I'll go first, just because I, I mean, confirm was he on your list to discuss? He is. I mean, come on. So Indeed. a league of their yeah, own. Come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just think that. What, what I mean, what can you say that it hasn't already been said? But as I was watching it, I was like, I wonder if some of it is because he actually was in so few films, like in comparison to other actors, right? Like, yeah. So maybe growing up, we did not see like Last of the Mohicans or In the Name of the Father no. or some of these other my ones, left foot. you know, no. in my left foot, you no. know, um, not in the name of the father. Oh, no, that was, yeah, yeah that's where we won. But, um, or nominated, but yeah. Yeah. You know, this was probably our first real exposure to him. <clears throat> and actually, some people with Scorsese of our generation, too. Um, but, I mean, what what can you say about him that isn't just perfection? I mean, like, he's it's, about as perfect as you can get of an actor. You know, I mean, he's not... <laughs> let's not get... You know, let's not... Let's not kid ourselves. He's not Jared Leto when it, Leto when it comes to you know diving into his roles because we know he's like a method actor and he just like lives in it. Yes. And I was reading some story about how he, after the movie was done, he was at dinner with Leo and Scorsese, and he was he stayed in character as Bill the Butcher, and the the waiters were scared to go back to the table. <laughs> like he's that much of a method actor. I get it, but. Yeah, I, I mean, we can go back and forth on this, but just that's my initial thoughts on him. I got more, but what do you got? With all due respect to Adrian Brody <laughs> for his subdued and withdrawn performance in The Pianist. Rightfully should have won, though. I mean, not should have, could, but mm, well, there's a there's maybe like a difference of opinion of what acting can be like if you're swinging well, for the fences ones. or like yeah. very internalized. Yeah. I get that. It's a freaking travesty that he didn't win for this. Well, like, I don't know about travesty, but it, I mean. <laughs> I mean, he he's won, really good in this. He's the sure. most decorated actor of all time. Yeah, but that being I mean, said, yeah, let's, like I mean, yes. But that, at this sure. point, to that point, he don't he had only just won one. Yes, you know. So, but he, you clearly can't take your eyes off him. He's no. just incredible. But the thing I really appreciate is that he he has this insanely rare talent of not just chewing scenery. Yeah, because you can do that, like. Many actors have done that where you just kind of are outgoing and you're just like making your presence known. But he has such a rare ability to have like a fully drawn out character sure. and lived in where it's like a visceral feeling. Like when he yeah. screams after being shot, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you're just like, this dude is on a different level yeah. of acting. And then yep. when he fights, um, Leo's character and is smashing his head yeah. into him and whips his head back. And it's just like, like this feral animal. I, I don't know how you tap into that yeah. as an actor and yep. across the board. I agree. He's just, I, yeah, it was my first, ex actually, no, I, I guarantee it was, it was my first experience watching him in a movie. Mm -hmm. Cause I had seen nothing before this. And I was like, this dude is on a different planet. Yeah. When it comes to acting, and it holds yeah. up, man. He's so. I'm curious so how you know how much you know when the movie goes over ten at the Oscars. Like, there's something now. Chicago definitely, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit for the other comparable, you know, nominees or whatever. Yep. Chicago really, you know, caught fire. Yeah. Late in the year, um, but I don't know. I, I just. So that I guess my point is like, why would he have been so? Why would he have been overlooked? Right. Yeah. I think Brody was great. I mean, I I really do, and I yes. think we're we're probably not going to watch that this year. Um, although I might just to because yeah. we've been yeah. talking about it. Um, but I do think maybe there was some backlash against this movie at some point uh, on the Oscar level. But yeah, to me, there is. Um, Quite frankly, he is the saving grace of this movie, in my opinion. Like from an acting standpoint, yeah. Oh, absolutely. From an acting standpoint, yeah. You know, production value. We'll talk about it a little yes. bit, but um, yeah. But but production. The best production value movie does not last twenty years, and we're talking about it twenty years later. Like I don't care. Yeah, that's true. You you do it because it's Scorsese and yeah. Danny Lewis. 
Um, yeah. There are sometimes, so. see, to me, there are sometimes scenes that are reasons to see a movie. Like, you just watch, like, I love Captain Phillips. I think it's a great movie. But the payoff at the end of Tom Hanks, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. um, finally letting go and finally yes. releasing. And you're like, okay, watch it so you can see this at the end, right? Yep. Um, the scene where Bill is wrapped in the flag after being shot. That yes. entire is, is It's iconic in a lot of ways, especially when you see it. <laughs> oh, you got a murderous rage in you, and I like it. Oh, it's life boiling up inside of you. It's good. The priest and me, we lived by the same principles. It was only faith divided us. Um, that coupled with um, the reveal scene, like you talk about, like um, with where he's beating him in the head yes. with his head. Um, that entire scene with the um, the knife throwing at Cameron yes. Diaz's character, like there are a couple of scenes in this movie that I would be like, okay, it's two hours and forty five minutes, and for a good hour and a half of it you're going to be pretty bored and then some of it you're going to be it's going to be good and then some of it's going to be great yeah and all the great is involving daniel day lewis yes right um one other thing i noticed too and i think i had read this along the way i i guess i don't know if they outwardly did this on purpose but he has a scene with every principal character and every sub character in this movie Almost yeah. sh- saying that's how important he is. He's True. not. Yeah. He's not like a guy in the tower whose minions are doing everything. He's out there doing everything. He is. Every character in this movie has some sort of interaction with Bill mm-hmm. or is in a scene with him, mm-hmm. and not because he's in every scene, but they outwardly sort of have this interaction with him. Yes, he's just that important of a character. So yeah, I mean, and you know, he is famous for his. Um, What's improv or whatever on, on some scenes? Sure. The whoopsie daisy when he Oh really? That's that's improv. <laughs> and the the tapping of his glass eye was improv. That was not in the script. How do they like so he must have he some has glass, he had a glass cover on his eye. Oh my gosh. That's where the And learned because it's not CGI. Sure. Like, you know, the glass cover on his eye is actually there and he tapped it with a knife. With a knife. And he learned he did it on his own apparently so that he wouldn't flinch. Jeez. And so when they were doing that scene, he had like tapped it like, and they tink. kept it in, obviously. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, I mean, they, come on. Danny Lewis is just like, he just inhabits his characters yes. for better or worse. And it is, he is the reason to watch almost any movie he's in, but yes. he's absolutely the reason to watch this movie. Like, yes. there's, I agree. The, the movie does not work without him. Oh. Like, no, it, I have problems with this movie and we'll discuss it in a bit, but like, he is not a problem in this movie. No. So like he's beyond yeah. reproach. Yeah. Uh, that bedroom scene with Yeah, where he's wrapped in the yes, flag or whatever. Amsterdam yeah. wakes up. Yeah, he like opens up or whatever. And Bill yeah. is there. And it is the first element where his Bill specifically. Yeah. His you know, he's been wounded and his yeah. bravado is starting to kind of Yeah, the veneer is is yeah, is taken it, off. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. vulnerable. And it is just compelling beyond belief, watching them together. That was the finest beating I ever took. My face was pulp. My guts was pierced. My ribs was all mashed up. When he came to finish me, I couldn't look him in the eye. He spared me because... He wanted me to live in shame. This was a great man. Great man. So I cut out the eye that looked away. And I I do think it, it does work in many ways that DiCaprio does a solid job of being a bit of a, you know, a sounding board to that where he bears the weight of that struggle with avenging hmm. his father. Sure. And bring being drawn to I mean, how could you not be drawn to this new father figure? Yeah, that's true. Because if it were somebody else, which again, I think it, it could have been, but it but, um, but that's what I think really works for this yeah. is that the character of Bill is not just again like chewing scenery, but you could see a character 
who grew up feeling this is the man who killed my father, I will avenge my father's death, being drawn to that character. Yeah. Because it, yeah, it's it, not absurd it that he work. was a father figure. Like yes. it doesn't feel weird that he is viewing him that way because I view him that way. Or yeah. any, you know, it, it any, doesn't yeah. work if the character isn't conflicted of Amsterdam. Yeah, in many ways, of being like, how am I somehow being drawn to this character, knowing what he's done? Yep. And especially, what really works, I think, is how highly Bill holds. Amsterdam's father, the priest, yeah, in high yep. regard, and feels like he was the last worthy adversary, mm-hmm. um, and not even like an adversary, but we had a difference of worldviews, but from the core ethics, the same, yeah. and that's I think what really sets us apart in terms of that storyline. Where even when at the beginning the battle sequence and uh, Bill kills the priest, mm-hmm. says you know you can take whatever you want from anybody else, but no one touches this man. Mm-hmm. And that is what is a difference in kind to a great character story where you have worthy adversaries, villains, antagonists, protagonists, everything, but they hold each other in respect. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it does set itself apart a little bit where sure. you can see why he would be drawn to him. So I, I think that, that scene, absolutely, like watching him wake up and he's there draped in the flag is just a masterclass in yep. what you would want to have from tension and character development, and it's a it's a pivot point of the movie, right? That really works. Much of which I would say after doesn't work at all, mm-hmm. except for a few bits of tension, like you said, totally, yeah. Where yep. the reveal comes, where oh crap, Bill knows yep. who he is. So yeah, I think um, there's a there's a great pivot point at that point. A lot of great before it, a lot of terrible after, and it's um, – so, yeah, we can talk through some of that. Yeah, just to finish on Daniel Day, though, I think what is so amazing about him is that, you know, arguably this is like his fifth best performance. <laughs> sure. I mean, because yeah. the single greatest performance I've ever seen in my life is There Will Be Blood. Oh, totally. By Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Play. Plain like, view. Oh my god. Yes. The single greatest. It's number one. Without a doubt. And arguably top five other than that is him as Lincoln. Yeah. A close second is yeah. Lincoln. <laughs> he he's he's outstanding in my left foot. Um and also last than Mohicans. I mean, he has these like amazing yeah. performances to where you're like the re- I think the reason he stands out so well in this, and to your point about like best actor or things like that, is it it's possibly that the other acting is not as good. So it's just he. It's like <laughs> true, right? Well, like they, a daisy growing out of field of shit is a daisy, but is it the most beautiful thing? Why well, no? Because it's literally out of a field uh, of shit. Uh, so I'm uh, like, it, it's just like. So maybe sure. it's that, uh, like, you know. And I do think like that is part of it. Also, the pianist came out of nowhere in, in a lot of ways. So that's true. Um, my, I guess. Uh, so aside from that, that's both of our one. That's our number one takeaway. Yeah, this, it's, right? it's, you got to talk about it. Right. Um, the production design is legitimately outstanding. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Chicago won for it, and Chicago is good uh, from a production design, stand- yeah. design standpoint. But, boy, right from the beginning, they're in the caves and the wood, like, um, yeah, like scaffolding sh- going yes. through. And they literally built the Five Points neighborhood on a back lot somewhere. Jeez. Like, I, I really go, again, I think... Either there was a negative blowback at some point from an academy standpoint, but and we'll find out in a couple months when we watch Chicago, and I guess we can discuss it more later. Sure. But the the production design is really good in this movie, really yes. great in this movie. So yes. it is somewhat surprising to hear oh for ten, and you're like, oh, but the production design is, and the costumes are really good in this yes. too. Like every like the really from a production standpoint, short of the awful CGI at the end was yeah. just awful. But that's not the production designers. No. So that was, <laughs> I guess it is sort of telling in how I feel about this movie as we go from an all-time great in Janet Lewis yes. to the production design being really good. And then we'll see where we go from here. <laughs> we'll that's see, my, that we'll was my sort of second go. most positive takeaway. I First thing I wrote was it is a incredibly ambitious film. Yeah. Where it has a clear and bold vision of what they want to tell. And the production value is designed 
to design like to, to establish that world yeah so it does feel incredibly lived in and mm. it is yeah un unbelievable what they are able to accomplish in that set from the five points even some of the stuff on like uh, the nicer neighborhoods or the docks across the board it is really beautiful mm -hmm. in that what they're yeah i able to create i agree costuming unreal what they were able to do so mm -hmm. yes you put a all-time great actor into that scene or that world and you have a great foundation there are problems with what they put around it mm -hmm. but i cannot fault the aesthetics of it right in yeah. any way across the board from start to finish yeah cgi it's that's why it wasn't nominated there's moments where it's like that's terrible but that's like Two so seconds. little though. Yeah, yeah it like is two percent. So yep. But overall, yes. So, so those are things that really worked. Um, I will say before we get into maybe some of the good and bad of other Can't details, yeah. I uh, I did enjoy it now more than when I first saw it. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that a little bit in the verdict too. Um, but I agree. Yep, I yeah. I, I like it better yeah. now. Yes, maybe yes. more of an appreciation on some levels. Yeah. So one thing I'll say from another generous viewpoint is <laughs> <laughs> I actually did appreciate the story of a immigrant child coming in, having the trauma of seeing your father killed in front of you from a very tribalistic perspective, who's obsessed with that revenge and comes back into that formative childhood area hmm. 16 years later and has to kind of grapple with all the changes, how the people he had remembered from an allegiance or antagonistic perspective have changed. And then how you grapple with being taken in, you're thinking I'm gonna come in and maybe kill this guy, but you're actually taken in by your father's killer. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, from a core story standpoint, sure. That's a great it's, yeah, foundation. Yeah, it's almost Shakespearean. And it can be yeah. really compelling yeah. if done well. Mm -hmm. That's the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> da, da, da. So I, I do appreciate what they were trying to go for with the very intimate story <laughs> of a revenge story and how that child would have to grapple with the drastic changes that have occurred mm -hmm. in those 16 years. So I... I wanted to at least give a little bit before we get to maybe some <laughs> uh, issues uh, that I think from a much like a bit of a weird comparison, the prequels of Star Wars, mm -hmm. the core story could have been done great. Sure. From a fall, from yeah, grace, idea. that yeah. kind of thing. This same thing. It could have been really well done with the, and there's moments where it's actually really good, but overall. Sure. Um, I covered the two things I loved. Good foundation. And then we can go from here. Well, like, I mean, just before we, to your point, before we go, like, I think what, what is so frustrating about movies like this and, and confusing is the, the great of this movie is legitimately great. Yes. Like, maybe not all timey great, but just, you just go, man, when people are doing it, at their best. Yes. And this is the best people in the industry doing it at their best. It is great. It's lightning. It's it's what? Lightning yes. in a bottle or yep. whatever, right? And you just go, oh, my God, this is great. But it's two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. And so you really need to fill in two hours and 45 minutes of greatness. Yes. To keep my attention. Yes. And that didn't ex ex succeed. So, like, I... Like, do we want to talk about the obvious, which is the accents? Yes. Like that. I mean, that's sort of the first yes. negative. I have more dramatic negatives, but both of us agree. And I will say watching it again. So Cameron Diaz is widely considered to be one of the worst actress, like um, accents in this yes. movie. Right. But there's a lot of terrible accents. In this yeah. Movie. It's not just her. She's unfairly maligned. Yes. Yes. Now, she's not good in it. As far as from an accent standpoint, her, yes. her performance is fine, but also her character sucks. So, yes. like, I feel a little bit bad for Diaz because her character is useless in this. Like, it's so shoehorned. Yes. The, so, yes. I'm like, 
if she had a better written character, I feel like the accent wouldn't matter. Yes. Dick Van Dyke sucked in Mary <laughs> Poppins, right? As is it Bert? It is Bert. And I mean sucked, right? One of the worst accents ever. But Bert is a lovable character. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> but Bert's a great character and a lovable yes, person that's exactly. very like so you get a bit of a pass because of that. Yes. If she were somewhat likable yes. as a character, she's useless in this movie. Like, it's literally a insert love story here character. Yeah. And that's my problem more than in the accent with her. Yes. And so at watching it again, I think that's what it was. And and I even talked ahead of time about this accent with people, and I was like, I'm not looking forward to this. And in reality, <laughs> I was like... Well, it was not as bad as I thought it was. Yes. Probably because her character was just so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think she gets um, a lot of unfair shade thrown her way because of the accent. And the challenge I have is, like, she has it and then she doesn't. Went, her scene yeah. that she goes to, like, the, you know, higher, you know, parts of society – she loses it, so clearly she's been able to, as a character, lose that because she wants to be seen as better than. And so I get there's a whole, like, oh, you are, you know, kind of code switching in many ways. But just don't have it happen. Like, yeah. she can just be whoever she is without an accent. This goddamn story takes place in America. Yes. I don't care if it's 1862. Yes. You can have whatever accent. Yes. Even exactly. he says in this, there's, yes. like, New York has hundreds of accents or yes. whatever. So just don't have a terrible totally. Irish accent. It doesn't have to be that way. I, like Henry Thomas, the friend, I, is terrible. I, yeah, but actually, I think he was better than most of the American actors because he at least was like, eh. <laughs> I mean, because most of them. I mean, DiCaprio went in and out and noticed like the the voiceover of DiCaprio yes. had much more of an Irish accent because obviously someone was coaching him. Yes. Versus the in the moment accents, yes. which were never there. No. Just don't do it. Yes. If I can have. A effing French movie with a bunch of American accents in it and no yes. French accents. This one takes place in freaking New York. Yes. Just make it be. And it doesn't help, again, to beat the drum with Day-Lewis. Uh, Day a British man comes in and kills it yeah, as the a best like, accent in here New York is accent. It a New York accent yes. from a British actor. Yes. So clearly he <laughs> shows you. Uh, up and you cannot even closely deliver. I agree. Just scrap it. Like yes, and I mean, and, you know, it's a bad accent when Michael J. Fox is better as Shamix McFly in in <laughs> Back to the Future Three. <laughs> like you just go PTTF three, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You know, it's a bad accent when you're like, oh man, Maggie, I think we got a hurt man here. Oh hey, yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> like even that would be better. The freaking Lucky Charms guy is better than this. Always have to be Lucky Charms. The crunchy old cereal with a rainbow of marshmallow surprises. Pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers, and blue diamonds. <laughs> right. I just, I mean, it was so Chloe. distractingly no, yeah, stupid to me. <laughs> yes. That <laughs> even whatever, like, so this was not up for screenplay, was it? It was. It was. Okay. Yes. The screenplay is okay. Um, but like, the accents distract from the screenplay. Yeah. Like, which is funny. There are some really good lines in this movie, actually. There are some outstanding lines delivered yeah. in this. Yeah. But the accents are just distracting. I, I, I agree. And that's the challenge where you just start to feel the, again, when you have a performance like Day-Lewis. Yep. The authenticity of the set design and the costuming and everything put together where you are feeling like we are working so hard to create a visceral in-world experience. Sure. Puts you out of that mm -hmm. when you start to go. Ugh, your accent's pretty shitty. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely distracting as an audience uh, viewer. And, and what it, what is more challenging about you're right about the Cameron Diaz character is it is so unnecessary. Yeah, it's just a shoehorned in typical type of that's habit. So it doesn't feel a bunch of sausage fest with a bunch of guys. And here we'll have this woman come in and. It isn't like even that character could be some type of, you know, it, let me let me draw you away from this life. Right. Like, it's like a, you're choosing. And that wasn't even until the end when you go, she tried to do that. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I'm there, like, the revenge is such a driving force for him that 
clearly he's got to have somebody that can help him recover when he gets his ass handed to him and gets beaten to death. Fine. Okay. But the antagonistic, it, it just didn't work for me. Like the dance no. sequence. No. Man, the first, so to that point, the first hour moves along reasonably well. Sure. Because it's kind of laying all the foundation. Yeah, the world building. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then once it hits this dance sequence of women and men together, man, it grinds to a halt. Yep. And then Day-Lewis comes in. Oh, great. And then it, anything where her character, Jenny, is involved is just a succubus when yep. it comes to a story yep. like, ah, uh, drags it down. So I totally agree. And it's somewhat a disservice to Cameron Diaz, who is we, we, good and bad in some at no, way. But yeah, we covered her in Vanilla Sky, and yes. she was outstanding in that movie. Yes. And yeah, she absolutely can be a great... This is not her fault. No. This is just not Total her miscasting. Fault. The, yeah. And, and the story. The character's character, yes. I don't care who you cast in that role. Yes. Like, until the end, when she suddenly wants to go to San Francisco because... Or San Francisco. <laughs> and, you know, she saved up $215, like... That's a that's a that's a that's a speech that happens an hour earlier. Yes. So you have some sort of desire to get the f out of town. Yes. It was only at the end that she brought this up to him. Absolutely right. You're like, wait, I've literally been, <laughs> I've had this revenge, <laughs> this revenge plot for the last seventeen years, and now you're talking about banging me in San Francisco. Yes. Like, what? Like, this is just out of nowhere. Yes. And that that to me was really bad writing, and I do feel like. Um, the book probably has more to that, sure. but it just didn't translate over to, um, yeah. I, I, so I do feel a bit bad for Diaz because it's like we gotta have a woman in this. So yes, here you go. Yeah, what do you got? The film could have easily cut out the whole electoral segment at the end. At the end, yes, and, and save thirty hours, thirty in, minutes, two hours in. You're gonna talk about an election for sheriff. Yes. And, like, the machinations and the, you know, the first hour and a half moves along it well could enough. Have been, or it could have been 45 minutes earlier so that when true he does kill yes. the sheriff, it yes. would have been much more like, oh, my God. Yes. Meanwhile, you just elected the sheriff and now Bill kills him. Like, yes. What, th- this makes no sense at this point. The last. Yeah, no, I agree. But I agree. Yeah. It, it, it hits a stalling port point near that point. So, it's a stilted love story. You're an hour and a half in. It's starting to figure out, okay, gosh, this revenge story is kind of like hitting its stride. And, oh, God, Bill figures out who this guy is and just lays him out. Yeah. And then there's an hour left. Yeah, that's the last great scene in the movie. Oh, man. Yeah, that is the last great scene. And you just go, you could have gotten to the final battle much more quickly and been a far more effective story if you had kept it into that revenge. And, and I get what they were going for in that this idea of placing an intimate revenge story against the backdrop of a larger and difficult kind of country-making story of how we all came to be together, and it was the Civil War, and all these challenges. I get it. I get it. But again, my note literally starts with, I get it, dot, dot, dot. That's but, when I, I'm going to play off of this, but that's literally but, how my note starts. Know, like, I get it. I get it from a, we're wanting to put a, this microcosm through a larger story. It's just too much. It's too much that it's he took on in the last handed. hour. Yeah. And oh my God. Like, and actually, I think undermines the final sequence between Bill and Amsterdam. Where they come together as like they built these armies together. So the music yes. just blares up and we're and like, the here, we go. And like here we and go. Boom, they get blown out by all these cannons and it's just great, like smoky. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's they're laying across from each other. And Bill has a thing in his Yes. Oh kidneys, I didn't apparently. die because of you, but I've been incapacitated because of this. Now you just kill me. I was like, That's your end revenge? Awful. Awful. It's just a terrible ending. Yeah, I would rather. Characters. Yeah, there's so many revenge porn movies that I'd be like, I'd rather watch this. Because <laughs> you're saying like, so many exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was such a disservice to the characters you built up for so long, and the the tension and the release you're hoping for from a dramatic standpoint just gets undermined. Yeah. by this bullshit story about like, boy, well, the whole country was falling apart. Yeah, I don't care. 
I'm not looking for a documentary from Ken Burns on that. Okay. No. I can watch that if I want to. Not what I signed up yeah, for this. Yeah, Civil War is a good documentary. Yes. Yeah, it'd be uh, like, um, you know, I liken it to Kill Bill 1 and 2, right? Where at the end, um, it's an anticlimactic battle, but she at least kills him at the end. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. With the five finger, whatever, five, death whatever. point. Order. Yeah, and uh, five but it'd be like if punch. they're sitting there talking and then... All of a sudden, instead of Uma Thurman killing him, like a random sniper just shoots him. <laughs> and then she just holds him in his arms. And then she's like, mm, bye, Bill. Like, there's, uh, there's yes. no point in this. It was literally yes. two hours in 45 minutes. And by the end, when they build up to this battle, there is no battle. No. None. Like, and again, I don't need a good. I don't need a good like if if, it were, if the drama were better if the characters were better if the yes. writing were better I'd be like oh this was a really interesting thing but it was forced every step of the way yeah the Civil War soldiers the draft yeah it was forced in yeah just to justify at the end this random freaking riot going around New York and it did that's a real life thing that happened and oh, so they sure. put it in there they were going like street by street right yeah and I get it but. It doesn't work for a narrative on the movie. No. And there's no emotional payoff. No. None. Like, no. Leo Amsterdam kills him, and you're like, okay. And then that's it. Yeah. There was no. Had that scene, I will say, though, had they had an actual battle for five minutes, like yes. an actual battle between these like two. Like the beginning of the movie. And they, right. And they're yes. just back and forth and back and forth. And right as. Um, Bill and Amsterdam are fighting it out. Boom! That's when the cannons come in. Yeah, right. Then yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, then." So then your build up lasts to that, and then the narrative of the the bigger world that's coming in on you is finally coming in you right at the worst possible moment. Yes, that would have made more sense. But there was no none of that. No, no battle, no nothing. No. Anticlimax at its absolute dictionary definition. Yeah, it was just a. Welp, type of experience of yep. like oh, oh that's the end that's the end yep like oh thank god i've stood around here for two hours and 40 minutes <laughs> to get this like i mean we were pausing at times <clears throat> to get beers and you're like and go to the bathroom and bathroom and we're like oh my god another hour and a half, half here we go oh my god and i think uh, and that's the challenge of maybe just martin scorsese and some of the films it feels like he's clearly earned the right to many ways do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. But to find a worthy $250 million from Netflix to make the Irishman. (laughs) So, I mean, but to find a worthy editor or a partner to say, is that really the story you want to tell? Yeah. Because if you can cut this down to two hours. Yeah. And get rid of this other backdrop of American carnage, it might be a better story in that. It really resonates. I agree. The last hour was challenging, and the last half hour was like, "Oh my god!" It was the vote stacking and, thing. And, 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 ugh. It it is almost it's borderline insulting when you've given two hours of your time, yeah, to not have any kind of emotional payoff whatsoever. Yes, any. Oh, like, it's just like, absolutely. Okay, all of these people could be blown up in the street. And I'd be like, uh-huh. I would have the same emotional reaction to the end of this. Yes. Done. Especially when Leo's character had an opportunity to not intervene and let Bill die. <laughs> he could just let him die. And he protected him. <laughs> and so he's got to deal with that guilt of like, oh my God, what did I do? Like, yeah. I could have had this That stuff, was a good scene. But I want my revenge. Yep. And the revenge is basically, oh, you've been winged by some shrapnel. Let me stab you. <laughs> and then we're done. Thanks for showing up, Bill. I I, I agree. It was an awful, yeah, awful ending. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much else to go off of before the verdict, so go ahead. Valuable life lesson for those who might ever go away and have to come back to seek revenge. Uh, if you do that, here's a little bit pro tip. Pro uh, tip. Maybe don't use your given name. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know if anyone knew the kid's name, right? After 16 years, maybe. But I agree. I mean, like, Priest Valen? You, you, you literally could. People know he's Amsterdam, and it's like, hey, I'm Amsterdam. Val-. It's like the whole Luke Skywalker thing. You just said Amsterdam. Yeah, but still. But it's like, still, oh, it's Valen's yeah. kid. I'm sure there's a whole lot. of. I'm sure that was like, you know, 
Logan of 15 years ago. Yes. Amsterdam was a common name. It could be anybody's kid. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it be like, Joe yeah. Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, watching me like, dude, come Although, up with something else, Maybe man. we don't, they don't say his name. Do they say his name at the beginning? I don't know. So I'd, I'd almost want to go back and be like, does, do we even know that that's his real name? Maybe that's literally you what he gives up. You don't think the priest is out there being like, I'm the leader of the dead rabbits. This is my... Like sire, but, but that's what I want. My future, I do, I, Amsterdam, I, guess I would, wish I would have paid attention to that. Just because they don't, guess. he just says my boy and my son and that kind of stuff. So we don't necessarily know his name. And I, I mean, it works from a narrative standpoint. To, although it is a little backwards, right? Because it, it used to be New Amsterdam, and yes. then the British changed it to New York. Yes. So I, I appreciated that sort of back and forth of True. it. But like. I agree. Like, why? I'm sure there's a lot of Amsterdam's around. Like, that's so stupid. <laughs> also, it's a terrible name. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have too much else. I do think that the love of this movie, when you look at um, IMDb scores and Rotten Tomatoes scores and Oscar nominations, is very odd to me. Yes. Um, but then I think back and I go, look, Leo could have literally taken, uh, made a movie of him beating somebody to death for two hours, and it would have made a bunch of money at that time <laughs> yes. in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Cameron Diaz was hot, Martin Scorsese, and, and of our generation. Yes. This was probably the first real you know exposure to Scorsese. Yeah. Um, so all of that does make sense, but hopefully this was a catalyst for them to go find much better movies of all people involved. Yes. So that's my totally. last sort of thought on it. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we move on? No, it uh I was honestly hoping <laughs> I that was it too, actually. Wasn't um I don't know how I'd say as bad as I remember it being. I oh, do remember it having moments of a misfire. Yeah. But it uh it it uh ugh. I'll go first as we go here, but as we close on our spotlight segment, we come to our Newer one called The Verdict. I'm going up there. I'm going to try it. I'm going to let the jury decide. This is where Tim and I give our final verdicts after watching the film. And in the event we have a huge argument, there will be no rebuttals. But we <laughs> obviously won't have uh, disagreements on this one. No. Um, you know, my verdict, I'll go first. Just in the end, I feel like this movie is what I remember it to be. I was I never liked this movie in the first place. And in some ways, I appreciate it more now as I watch it from a technical standpoint, right? Like from a production value standpoint and from a, obviously yep. Danny Day Lewis standpoint, um, appreciation for Scorsese, although pretty heavy handed in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, so I, I think it, you know, the, the question is, does it hold up is I think it does hold up because it is exactly what I remember it to be. Sure. But I, I like it for different reasons and I, I don't like it for other reasons than I probably did 20 years ago. <laughs> True. Like, it just sort of is that weird. But I, in the end, I think it's the same. Probably like a out of five stars, I'd be like a two, you know, in, in two and a half. Yeah. Thanks to the performance. Um, Yeah. I, I just don't think this is a weird movie because I mentioned earlier that it, um, the initial cut was an hour longer. And I actually almost think like it would have been better served to be. I'd kind of like to see a director's cut on this, just to see the world building and these other scenes that they yep. have in here. I might actually find them more interesting. Maybe there's some extra love story between them, or it needed to be thirty minutes shorter. Yes. Like I, I mean, like it's this really bad positioning at two hours and forty five minutes. Yep. Um, yes. So the main reason to watch this is Daniel Day Lewis. He's reasons one through five to watch this movie. Um, and for that reason, I'd say alone, it's worth the watch, but yes. I, it's hard for me to recommend to people. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, for me, Gangs in New York is a rare example of a film where a legendary director's ambition meets the final product, <laughs> despite the, you know, the momentary shortcomings and misfires in the name of authenticity, namely accent choices and yeah. dramatic flair. Uh, but it's made all the more momentarily compelling by an all-time great performance from Danny Lewis. Mm -hmm. It shows the warts and all of what it took to build a great nation from tribes, opponents, and violence. And it's clearly a passion project by an all-time great director. But ultimately, the film falls apart mm -hmm. in the end from its bloat and a misguided attempt to place an intimate revenge story against a backdrop 
of America's challenging history. And that to me is what I think was the biggest misstep of this, mm -hmm. where it tried to do way too much yeah. from how it wanted to present this story in a bigger lens. And if you had just kept it tight, man, it would have been way, way better. Hmm. So yeah, I'd say uh, two and a half out of five mm -hmm. is a good uh, assessment. All right, so our next segment then is Drinking Buddies, the sequel. Let's get weird. Where we review the beers that we had while re-watching the film and give our ratings out of five stars. Tim will walk us back through them. Uh, so, Tim, the floor is yours. The first one we had was uh, Junkyard out of uh, Moorhead, Minnesota. They're Grandpa Bill's Pills. Oh, sure, yeah. Bill. Oh, yeah, it's like my favorite IPA. My PA IPA. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a dry hopped Pilsner style lager, which seems redundant because Pilsners and lagers are basically the same. The same. Uh, for me, it was a three and a half. It's a... It's a Pils. It was a Pilsner. <laughs> exactly what I thought it would be. I don't know how you could say it's dry hopped because okay. it's not really. Um, but uh, it's a it's a good starting beer. Yeah, there's a bit of a bite to it or whatever, but bit. it was a little bit different. Uh, but again, how can you be excited about a Pils? To yeah. quote your friend Matt. Um... <laughs> I yeah, I had a three seven five out of five. It was good. So yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> speak what, more about pontificate yeah. about. Yep. Oh my god, you have to try this pills. Yeah, yeah drink uh, it. It's fine. It's, it's exactly what you think it is. Then we had out of fifty six Brigham Minneapolis, their vote hazy Ow. IPA, and for me, it's a nice hazy. It was a four for mm. me. It's a yeah, pleasant option. It's got Amarillo, Citra uh, for their hops, and yeah, it was. Didn't blow my socks off, but it wasn't like ooh. So I liked it. I had a weird experience with this one because when we had we you know we had had this before, yeah, and I really liked it, and I was like, oh, it's like a four two five, and I don't know what it was out of this one, but I was like, this, this is not did as taste good. Different than last it was week, way different than like a I week agree. ago. Yes, and so I don't know if like I got blood in my mouth or something from <laughs> chewing. I'll be like, I can't stand this movie, so I'm just like chewing my Bite cheek. My I don't tongue. even know. Uh, I had a three seven five on this sure. solely because I remember it being better. And I wonder if because we had this after other stuff, and this was after a it wasn't Pilsner, that so much maybe, stuff. You know, but I mean? agree. I, so I do kind of want to buy it again to see if it holds up. But had I not had that memory, I almost feel like it would have been like a three or three two five because it was like something's not right about. I this. had the same thought. I was like, how is it a week later? Yeah, and it tastes different. Yeah, again, may, again, maybe I was just like. Biting my lip of no, anger I, no, watching I, this movie. But yeah, I, so I had a 375 out of fairness because it was, we enjoyed it a lot better a week ago. Yes. Uh, then we had out of New York, Brooklyn, New York, Six Point Brewing, their resin double IPA. And I'm a big fan of Six Point. I find they do a lot of solid stuff. I've never like had a, a bad beer from larger six point. distribution. Yeah. Uh for me it was a four yep. for me. Like sign it up as a clear kind of standard traditional double IPA. Yeah, there was a little more it's almost a little maltier, I guess. Sure. It had a little more sweetness to it. Almost to a triple IPA feel. Sometimes you have a triple IPA yeah. like that. Um I had a four out of five as well. So yep. Um always seek that. I mean I don't seek them out where I buy them a lot. Yeah. But if I were to be handed a six point, I'd be like, Yep. Okay. It's gonna right. work. Their triple is great, by the way. Their triple is, yes, outstanding. And then we had from Minneapolis, Finnegan's Brewing, their dead Irish poet, their extra stout. I got to say, I like this one a lot. Hmm. For me, it's a 4.25. Hmm. I think it's a nice, really complex type of stout that it stands above kind of like a traditional type of just like, yeah, it's a good dark beer. So uh, 4.25 for me. I had a four, um, and I don't know if it's a mental. I don't mind Finnegan's. You know what I mean? Like as a what they do well is is good. Yep. Um, I had a four. It, there was nothing fancy about it. It was like to your point about the pills or vote or resin. Like yeah. nothing. There was. No, I'm like, if you're gonna make a stout, it should be this or better. Yeah. And so if it's this or better, then that you've hit the bare minimum, which is a four out of five. Job. So yeah. Yep. You've understood the assignment. Yes. So. And the last one that we're enjoying now mm -hmm. is, uh, oh, my gosh, you're done with it. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, my gang. Brewing. I got to drive home, man. Give me more. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gang. Brewing out of New York. Their Rosetta Sour Ale aged on cherries with natural flavors. Uh, for me, it's a 4.25. Yeah. I. It's, it's very well done. It's yeah. It's a good dark sour. 
Yeah. The, like the color's very dark, but the cherries come through really well. I'd like somebody to explain to me what aged on cherries mean. Yeah, I don't know. The wording of it, the semantics, maybe. I I'm like, teabag it or? Yeah, I was just, just like <laughs> dipping it in, you know, like just the just tip. tip. Just like, what are we doing? Aged on just cherries. I'm like, no, this is blatantly cherry. Yeah. This is a hint of cherry. Yeah. I had a 425 as well, but I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. Aged on something. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. All right. So, our final segment of the episode is quiz show the exciting quiz program 21 where in our research for the film we find some interesting trivia nuggets that we hope will stump the other and possibly intrigue you um i do have a couple uh based on our text messages today you know i did not research this very much so i do have a couple i have a couple how many you got i got three uh one two i guess technically i have three so i guess i'll decide if i want to do a third one or not um (laughs) Mine are kind of Oscar-based, but... Um, we'll find out. Uh, I'll, I'll do mine. Go ahead. So, Danny Lewis is known for his method acting and yeah. never-breaking character while working on a film. Uh, yet, after this role, he was interviewed by Rolling Stone magazine, and despite the story taking place in 1862, mm. he explained he used a modern rapper's music to fuel his character's anger a rapper who would go on to win an Oscar for his work. What 2002 Oscar-winning artist was a source of inspiration for Eminem, him? Eminem? Really? Eminem. Huh. I had not heard that. Yeah. Yeah. He was- Suck uh, on that, you two. Eminem <laughs> beat you. Right? I was like reading that. I'm like, that's so great. He was talking huh. about his like authenticity and that like anger that would come like through. tapping into the anger. Yes. So yeah. he, would, he was like, I'm finding myself <laughs> listening to him more and more as I'm preparing for this character. So Detroit style pizza is so much better than New York pizza. So much more. Whose movie, 8 Mile, we're going to watch in November. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that. It was serendipitous. <clears throat> uh, all right. So according to Scorsese himself, the role of Bill the Butcher was initially offered to a different Oscar winning actor who ultimately turned down the role to star in another 2002 film that we have already covered. Can you name the actor that Bill the Butcher was offered to initially? That we've watched a movie of already? An Oscar-winning actor that we've already watched this year. Thinking back through the main ones we watched. (laughs) Okay, that one. uh, Tom Hanks? Correct. What? Yeah, Tom Hanks was initially offered... The role who wanted to do it, but it didn't quite work out. And how that we would have been I know. so jarringly yeah. awful. We would not be covering this movie 20 years later without. <laughs> oh, my God. And I mean, we love our Tom Hanks. Don't get me wrong. But my God, would that not have worked? I <laughs> I don't know why that would have. I initially questioned it, but Scorsese says he's the one who's. I'm sure. Who he, yeah. It to him. I was like, what? Jeez. Um. So yes, you got it right. Good job. Who? Um. How many films have Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese worked on together? I should have looked this up. I thought about it too. Um. So obviously, we'll give you. Are one. we? Are we counting? Yes. I mean, yeah. Are so are we counting Killers of the Flower Moon? Because aren't they working together on that? That has not come out yet. So we're just, just Which, not listener. If you haven't read that book, read the book. Yeah, it's incredible. yeah for sure. Yes. Uh, I mean. One, two, I can think of four off the top of my head, so I guess I'll go with five. Five. Yeah. (laughs) Round up. (laughs) Yes. We got this, and we got The Aviator, we got The Departed, uh, and then Shutter Island is the four I've thought of, and what am I forgetting? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, which, yeah, again, is a forgettable movie. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, what's actually... Yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah. Um... Okay, so uh, what, I, I found this kind of interesting. Oh, good! Martin Scorsese has had not just this film nominated for Best Picture to come away empty-handed, mm-hmm. right? He has had four films be nominated for Best Picture and win zero awards in that year. Oh, of people or anything Any. from that movie? Okay, this so, was zero for ten, right? So it was up yep. for Best Picture. So yep. he's had four films be nominated for Best Picture. And come away with zero across the board. One of which, oddly enough, in a weird 
Cosmic Coincidence, was nominated for 10 and also written by Steven Zillian. Is that Hugo? No. Oh, Hugo won five. In fact, Hugo, I think, won the most of any of his (laughs) movies. That's crazy. The Aviator also won like five. So, I mean, there there are just, yeah, but yeah. So, there are four movies in his filmography with Best Picture nominations and zero. And another one is 10, also written by Steven Zillian and was released in 2019. Uh, well, Irishman? Correct. I oh, didn't know Zillion. Oh, for 10. 10? Yeah. Wow. That's one. Okay. Um, Goodfellas? No, that one for Joe Pesci. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, then you're an idiot. That's fine. <laughs> I knew he won for something, but I thought it was... Nope, you're wrong. It was else. not... No, it was not My Cousin Vinny. Come on now. <laughs> or Home Alone. Imagine you're a deer. Walking. Yeah. Um, we just mentioned this one. I'll give you a hint. Um. Well, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Yeah. Over five. Yep. Uh, for best picture. Okay, so I've got two there. Yes. And the other one went over four. Do you want a year? Yes. Nineteen seventy-six. Oh God. Uh, a taxi driver. Yeah. Oh, for four. Oh. So, yeah, four movies went was wow. was zero for whatever they were. I really found the Irishman one. I was like, that's a weird thing. That Zalian wrote the same screenplay and that yes. also went zero for, oh, 10. for ten. Yeah. Huh. Um, I know. Like, I mean, Spielberg. You know, Color Purple was oh for ten as well. Not many movies go oh for double digits. In fact, there's only a few. Uh, but Color Purple. Uh, and then the two by Scorsese, I think, are the only that were over ten or more. Weird. Yep. So, in a weird twist of fate, um, <laughs> apparently, director Jonathan Demme's first choice <laughs> for <laughs> his film. <laughs> I don't know how, how are you going to word this? There, yeah, because it threw. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, it's a bit weird wrench. Um, for another Oscar winning role mm-hmm. was not that person. Um, but I feel like it's thrown a wrench in this because of the question from before. Um, um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? What? 1994 mm-hmm. best actor winning role was originally offered to Danny Lewis, but he turned it down to yeah. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> No, no, Jonathan. That's ninety one. Jonathan Demi, ninety four. That's ninety one. Is Jonathan Demi for Hannibal Lecter? Oh, sorry, I, I you yeah, kept sorry. talking about like Jonathan. No, Demi. I know, but we were, we were just I'm talking like, about that. So in ninety four, he yeah, offered how, a role. What? How did your research go in this? You could have typed this out initially. I, I did have. I did, but I, I I've been thrown off. So sorry. You blew it. <laughs> Let me start over. Director Jonathan Demi. Is that because he was offered Forrest Gump? No, the one the year the year before. You said 1994. Yeah, 94. Force comes 95. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it won. Okay. Sorry. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Philadelphia? Yes. Tom Hanks? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's Tom Hanks. How weird is that? Like, like okay. sorry, because I was thrown up on the whole the Tom worst Hanks thing. Phrasing of a question. I know. I, I threw it together well, last minute how, when I was how leaving do you work today. Word it but on your computer right now. It doesn't matter. I, so, well, yeah. You just wasted our time on it. So, I'm gonna play. so Jonathan Demi's I'm taking credit fir- for that director Jonathan Demi's first choice for <laughs> oh yeah I've seen that's where I got screwed up on yes it. okay what eventually was an actor or Oscar a winning role at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought I just. But oh but when you're asking about the question, I didn't know yeah. Tom Hanks was originally offered this. Well, you know, so so weird that like it's funny how I did 25 minutes of research and ha- happened to dumbfound you. I was you in just your leaving before work, so thank you. <laughs> What's your last question? No, that was that. That's okay. That's, yeah. All right, so that will bring us to the end of the episode. Stay tuned for our upcoming happy hour on 25th hour because none of you have watched it, and also coming soon will be the ring. And Red Dragon for our, our October films. Uh, if you miss our high fidelity segments, those are now video clips available via our Twitter feed, YouTube channel, or website. So check those out, along with other videos from our episodes. 
Uh, we want to say thank you for taking time to listen and for clicking that like or subscribe button on your devices. Find us on Twitter at years underscore beers and on Facebook or head to 20yearsforbeers.com. This has been 20 Years for Beers. My name is Steve. I'm Tim. And thanks for listening. Thanks. Here we gang. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Right. It's my PA IPA. Bunch of sausage fest with a bunch of guys. Teabag in here. Frosted lucky charms. They're magically delicious.